0: Hello and welcome to the Turnaround Talk Show and podcast. Um, I'm your host, Marcia Tepperman, the creator of the Turnaround Method. And each week we'll be discussing different topics on health and well being and how we can make the most of this precious life. In this show, me and my guests will have fascinating conversations on how to use adversity as a springboard to create a thriving life. Today on the show, I'm so excited. I have the pleasure to have one of my mentors, Melissa Turnock. Melissa is a Sydney-based energy and soul medicine practitioner, and she specializes in teaching women how to free themselves and live beyond the good girl masks. Melissa is an internationally certified trauma release TRA provider and a Pilates and yoga teacher. She helps women rebuild their frayed nervous systems Face emotions that need clearing and become masters of their own energy and sovereignty. I am so excited. Thank you, Melissa, for being on the show. Number one. (laughs) Go out. Thank you, Marcia. I do want to add a little bit to what I was, uh, um, to my introduction. Please explain to us um, what you do, what is this good girl masks, uh, what are the good girl masks, and um, top. Tell us about you and
1: your journey. Well, I think like most of us, our experiences along the way through life crystallised into something that is like a profound transformation for us. And the opportunities that come from that, we have this fabulous choice to decide, am I going to give this my all and really see what I can learn from this and then for me, it got to a point of, well, now I want to help other women with this. I think there's there's so many like points along the timeline that have led me to wanting to support women with feeling what it's like to not live in that good girl persona and to not be the one that does everything to please everyone and absolutely denies her own needs. Because, of course, that was me, right? This is the way it works. We tend to be like, well, this was me like 10 years ago and I can really help you with this. So it was, you know, a childhood of um, a real lack of emotional support and, and neglect is a word that I use to describe it. I mean, I was provided for, I was safe, I was fed, but there was, there was no emotional bonding. And as a kid, you know, we, we all have these events, through our childhood, that shape us enormously. Because as a little one, our nervous system is looking for safety. As, a, as an adult, our nervous system is looking for safety. And if we don't get that, then there are parts of us that we close down. And for me, my little heart closed and it was like, well, I'm not getting what I need out there, so I'll just protect myself in here. And then life goes on and... You function and you, you know, you have a job, you do the schooling, you do, you be the good, the good daughter, do well in your HSC, get into that university degree, become that professional, um, all the while, um, really not tapping into who you truly are. And so I think for a lot of women that I speak to, there is some tumultuous event that pulls the rug out from under us and says, now you've got a choice. I got goosebumps down my legs now you've got a choice to do something differently and learn from this or just keep pretending like that didn't happen and it breaks my heart when I see women deny the um the opportunity to to dive into what they need and so for me that was breast cancer about 10 years ago and it was like, okay, I get it. Like I'm listening now, body, you know, for my body to, and you, you knew me when this happened to me. I was the healthy Pilates teacher, um, the one that um, really Im- imbued self-care and meditation and retreats to India. Like I was doing all that stuff. But our body stores everything. Our body stores all of the shutdown. And for me, it proliferated into disease. And I believe that very strongly. My body um, amplified my pain and my shutdown by making me ill. That was my transformational opportunity. And so hence the doorway opened. It's like, okay, I'm listening. What is this stuck in my body? What spiritual connection do I need to work on to support me at a bigger picture universal level what pain do I need to let go? What tears do I need to cry? And then I was led down the path of working with energy and soul medicine to really understand what our our capacity to manage our own energetic body can do, how incredibly powerful. And that was like, ah, that's the like the icing on the cake now because now that I've let go of this and I've understood how to be um, in a place of a calm nervous system, how do I – Amplify this? How do I magnify this and expand into the much bigger picture of how I fit into the web of life, how I fit into the collective energy? I've got my piece. What can I bring to the collective? And that's when I was like, I need to help other women with this. And that's exactly what I've been doing for, I don't know, four ish years now in this particular area.
0: So let, let me just recap. <clears throat> so few years ago, how, how long has it been since you have been, um, um, since your remission from, from cancer? Ten
1: years. Ten so years. The magic, that... the magic ten. Wow.
0: Ten years. Wow. So ten years ago, I remember you, excellent Pilates teacher, super dedicated to your career, um, meditating, travelling to India, doing all the things, self-care, super strong body, then cancer. Mm then cancer happened. And so you went on this journey to discover what is it that this uh, illness is trying to communicate to you about your own life path and what is, what is it you're, you're learning from this. Is that how you, yes. And that's when you came across this important work uh, to release trauma from the nervous system mm-hmm. and to help people expand and, and develop this relationship with ourselves and beyond the good girl masks. Now I just want to clarify because a lot of people think that trauma is something that happens, like one one big event that happens in life, like in my case, I had a car accident and that was a trauma, but it wasn't all the trauma that I have experienced in life, and it had it reenacted the trauma from the past. But a lot of our trauma is relational. So can you talk a little bit more about what trauma is and um, and why this work is so important?
1: Yeah, yeah. So trauma is the experience we have when we are rendered helpless, when we are overwhelmed and there's nothing we can do about changing the situation. So trauma can be an event, an experience of childhood, but it can also be a a repetitive pattern of behaviour in the family home, let's say, where Um, violence or being angry and shouting and telling kids to shut up and be quiet and don't cry. You know, all of those things that we got put into our head as a child where we felt, I can't do anything about this. I'm being controlled in an overwhelming way by my circumstances. And what is happening as a kid is we are seeking safety, as I said before. And our nervous system has a few different routes, a few different pathways it goes through to feel safe. And at a bigger picture, you know, to feel loved and accepted is is what, as a human, we're seeking in another human. So... I have a relationship with you where I feel accepted and loved and safe to really be me, but there will be other relationships in my life where I don't feel that degree of safety. And that brings us back into our nervous system's response. Well, how do I find safety? So it goes on this journey. Do you want me to talk about that journey of what what it travels through? Yes, please. So it starts with seeking social engagement. It starts with looking to that person and and seeking their acceptance um, and that, you know, that I am loved and I am safe. And I'll give you a personal example. I clearly remember sitting at the dining table doing my homework as an eight or nine-year-old and and not having my mum or my dad at all interested in what I was doing. And they were so enmeshed in their own traumas um, and I was seeking connection by, by trying to engage them in, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And that's not met. So that social engagement isn't met. So we, we feel unsafe. So then we have mechanisms in place to deal with this. And you will have heard of fight or flight or freeze. And so, you know, some people will try and fight against that stressor or that trauma some people will try and get away from it. And if those strategies don't work, so the social engagement didn't work, like I really tried to, to get them to love me and accept me or, or just listen to me, that didn't work. The fight might be tried and we'll all have our own version of this and it, it ends up in a state of freeze and ultimately collapse and you could argue that depression and mental illness could in fact be manifestations of that complete collapse of the nervous system because it went through this cycle of trying to find safety and none of it worked. So when we get to that point of the freeze and the numbness, and you'll hear words like dissociation, disconnection, what we've done as very tender hearts, tender souls is we've shut a part of us down to no longer feel the sadness of that. And that's a protection mechanism, which is in many cases absolutely necessary. To feel safe in your family environment, you had to not say these things out loud or not behave that certain way or follow the rules, follow the social norms. And what happens is if that goes on and on and on, then we lose connection with ourself because we are so disconnected from our own sensations in our body. So the, the sensations of anger and frustration and not being loved, they get numbed because it's too much to bear. Then the emotions that we feel get dulled. And in my point, they, my case, they got dulled to such a, a point where I couldn't even tell if I was feeling sadness or anger or frustration. Like everything just became this neutral I can function, I'm alive, you see me come to work, I can be a mum, I can get married and be a wife, but behind this veil, and that's the good girl mask. Because we are led to that place where unless we conform and fit in, our environment doesn't make us feel safe. Wow. So can you talk to us a little bit
0: more about the good girl masks and how they show up um, if you are wearing those masks
1: in your life yeah ah so many ways and Mm -hmm. it's it's born of self-protection so my first thought is don't when we start to, to tune into oh i've been doing that i've been like hiding myself don't be judgmental and hard on yourself because it was in fact the way your body kept you feeling safe as you grew up so that's really important the good girl mask is things like Um, pleasing everyone else before yourself, hanging out with people that they're really not your people but you can't stand the thought of them being rejected or giving you a hard time by not participating in the things that they do, falling into a groove with your parents whereby you're this fully, um, this expressed and joyful chick when you're with your friends but then you go back into the family home and you go whew back into behaving yourself, back into being the good daughter, or it, and it happens for men too in their own way, and um, just keeping your mouth shut and suppressing. And I can certainly relate to that one. In relationship with a partner, um, not being courageous enough to ask for what you need. Um, in child-rearing as a parent, Um, not having strong boundaries about your need to have alone time. Um, Boundaries is a big one, you know, being a people pleaser, being a doormat, all of those kind of things. And so deep inside, we lose connection with, well, what would make me happy? Um, Well, my outward world doesn't reflect any interest in what I want or making me happy. So it's just easier to just put the mask on and pretend I'm okay. And when someone says, How are you doing, Mel I say, I'm fine. You know, you can hear that that protection that's going on. And then on the inside you're shriveling. Or you're really friggin' angry. Like you're so frustrated that you've found yourself in this relationship where you can't be yourself but you don't actually know how to do that um, and it's not going to be accepted. And when you tried to say, well, I don't really want to go on this holiday because I don't like hot climates, you got shut down, it's like, oh, you'll be fine, We'll sit by the pool, it'll be great. And you just go, okay, I'll just accept that because the, um, the effort and the skills that it takes to ask for what I need, I don't know how to do that and it's, I'm just exhausted. So I'll just stay behind the mask. And we can go years like that.
0: Wow. And it stems from um, a self-love, deficit, don't you think?
1: Totally. And a lack of relationship with yourself. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know that that's the missing piece until you actually get that. Because I heard all that for years. It's like, unconditional love, you know, you got to love yourself. And like, most people don't even know what that looks like or feels like, or that it is a poss- it is possible. But those of us that have done whatever in our work or um, being with ourselves, being with our uncomfortable stuff, I agree entirely. That is the doorway that you get to where it's like. Sometimes I- I've I've sat and I thought. I'm so in love with myself, that part of me that desires to be seen and heard, that part of me that is so full of life and so full of love, like that's who I really am. Oh, my goodness. And that's when it's like, hmm, so all the rest is like the mask or the, the way I had to be to fit in. But when you get into here and it's, it's not like a one formula fits all, it's not like I can say, so Marcia, what you need to do is steps one to five to fall in love with yourself, is it? No, it's so individual. <laughs> it's a very, uh, it's an up and down
0: journey as well. It's non-linear at all. And right. I think a lot of people think it's kind of so, you know, um, weird to say to yourself, you know, to put your hand on your heart and to say, I love you and I I accept you and I honour you, yeah. you know. And some days you will go like, yeah, how does that resonate? Does that feel like a 10 or does that feel like a 6? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think what I learned from from you Melissa is that um, when you are um, really connected to yourself and you you do this release work uh, and you are you, you um, calm down your nervous system, you are better able to, um, to to be with yourself and your emotions and also to to follow your intuition and your inner guidance mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and to have real clear boundaries because that's the thing that I like as a as a person who is uh, currently single and who is you know uh, getting to know people. One of the things that came up for me before doing the work with you was the um, uh, the need to to please and a, a fear of saying no and respecting my own needs and boundaries yeah. because I thought, well, if I do that, I'm, you know, people are not going to like that. Yeah. But that just doesn't uh, create the best, uh, the best circumstances for a relationship to start. You can't be yourself uh, and all of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, so important to develop this relationship with yourself and to, to, yeah. to listen
1: to your needs, to listen to your intuition, to be connected to yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. I I think yeah. That, that is a foreign concept to a lot of people that Mm. idea, you know, you and I get it because we've embodied it. But really it's just a matter of getting rid of all the things that are in the way of of really um, loving yourself. Because that love exists, like it's not like we have to go out there to get it or to have a certain kind of um, status in life or the certain kind of job or partner to find that it comes from within and it's been buried And it's been layered over by all of the times that we didn't get our needs met or all of the times someone made us feel unlovable. So the work is at a body level with the nervous system to recognize the default state your nervous system has got stuck in, to create some softness in that so that it can become like an organism within you, not like a kind of feeling then all of the blockages of in it with your emotions. So all of the emotions you've been too scared to feel. all of the thoughts you've had about yourself that um, have formed your opinion of how you have to be to fit in the world. They're all obstacles. They're all um, veils between you and your true self, which is this absolutely loving. Um, connected to spirit, connected to the bigger picture of what it means to be a human. But we've just had all of this stuff between us and it. And. All of those things, you know, they need to fall away a little bit at at a time. You can't suddenly enter into a, you know, um, a mentoring relationship with someone and go, okay, 35 years of all of these beliefs, like I want them gone in three sessions. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. Any work with your nervous system and your emotions um, is really tiring and really needs time to integrate. And what you do is you become very finely tuned as to when when you need to just take a break from feeling the stuff, when you need to um, just go out into nature and you develop this intuitive um, sense of what do I need now? And this is a question I ask myself all the time. How can I support you right now? You know, I'm feeling overwhelmed in my marriage at the moment. So I separate myself and I, I can find safety in my own body and trust my intuition and my self-love enough to just ask me, what do you need right now? And it's like chocolate, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because we've got, we found this tender loving part of ourselves um, that just didn't have a place uh, for so many years. And, and she becomes your oracle. It's wonderful.
0: So I just want to recap this because um, we talked a lot of things, but one of the things that I got from this is that the good girl mask is really a mask or a good boy mask for that matter as well. Is a mask that we may wear when we are seeking acceptance and connection and uh, safety with our primary carer's in, you know, early in our life, and then we bring this to our relationships throughout our lives. And my understanding is that it's not just the uh, abusive parent. Sometimes uh, this might happen with a loving parent, but when we get the feeling that we are going to only be accepted if we behave in a certain way, then that's our adaptation to that as well because we know, because we observe all the relationships around that our parents might have reactions um, at times when other people don't do what they want, mm-hmm. then we adapt to that as well because we are like little you know, sponges. We are soaking our environment and we are um, we are, you know, basically uh, intuitively mm-hmm. uh, navigating and finding out ways to survive. Is that, is that
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. And we also carry through in our own genetic makeup, the experiences our parents have had. And for a lot of us, um, you know, my parents were wartime parents in Northern England, um, where, you know, they had their own traumas. So we're also carrying through a lot of the, the lived experience of the generations before us. So if you think back in your family line, what has happened to your parents and their parents? Now, you know, they are carrying that in their body too. So we get a little bit of that. And, you know, let's face it, how many parents are taught how to manage all of the things that life gives them and have a fully open, loving channel of communication and acceptance with their children you know it's it's not a skill set that a lot of people have and so they unwittingly do it you know as you say it's not just about um parents that are really unskilled at keeping their kids safe it's just we do the best we can as a parent right you and I both mums we know that but we we can unwittingly do these things to our children and it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's what happens because humans bring to the table their, their toolkit and their resource kit and there it is, you know, so we've got a choice as we get older to, um, to be with the uncomfortableness, to be with the sadness and, you know, allow the sadness of what happened to come through us and out of our body, allow the grief. And now I've got to the stage where there's a whole lot of anger coming and it's it's not just um, anger about this particular story. It's like all the times that I got angry as a kid and it was not okay to share it, no way. It's, it's all stuck in our body like our, our, we contract in and hold it and so now that's coming. And I'm 52 and it's like when is this shit going to end? Like when am I just going to sit and feel bliss all of the time? We're just human. So we're working through it really gently and slowly in a way that our body can integrate it and then we've got the choice of how do I turn this out into relationship with another. Mm-hmm. That's when it gets really tricky. Yeah.
0: Uh, one of the things that I am learning as I get to know more about family systems and um, systems consciousness, uh, you know, just that our, us being aware of how we navigate through our own system, our own family system, and how we perpetuate those patterns uh, through the, the 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 work that I'm the learning that I'm doing on being a trauma uh, safe coach is that. Um, there's three relationships really that we have one the, the the first one we have is our with our family right and then and as we learn to uh, be in relationship with people outside our family we have those sort of interpersonal relationships and then we have the intra, inter interpersonal relationship and that's the one that I think we're talking about that most of us that never get to to have is that relationship with ourselves that because we Stay sometimes so enmeshed in the first one, in the systems one, rather than even going from the first one to the second one and to the third one. Mm. Um, so it's a real challenge. And I think it was uh, Leah Waters, uh, PhD in positive psychology and strengths parenting, strength based parenting um, specialist, who said that parenting. Is a really tricky um, task because we we while we want to have uh, thriving health, healthy children, we also feel uh, a sense of um, inappropriateness or just like as if this task is r- really a task that we know nothing about it, right? Mm-hmm. But we it, and it's so important for us to understand the system we came from and how we how we were taught to be parents what parenting even mean to us mm-hmm. and what it meant to our parents um, so that we can do this work and be more nurturing of our children's personalities and strengths and not pass that on to the next generation, mm-hmm. from what you're saying. That makes it even uh, like more uh, obvious to me that this good girl or good boy mask could be... The adaptation to sort of fitting in with the family and belonging that we bring to the world, mm. sort of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like we're we're always in relationship with someone, you know. Yeah. We're all, but the I think the most important relationship that we we never really um, were encouraged to be with was was the one with ourselves. But I know for sure now that that is the place where I can take full ownership of all the things that are happening to me and all that have happened and all the things I might be projecting into my current relationship with my my 18-year-old or my husband. And when when you develop a relationship, that intra-relationship with yourself, you get to start to see what your patterns are, what you're holding on to from your past and still enacting right now. And then you have a choice to go, ah, you know, that that this situation in front of me is nothing like when I was at 22. Like it, it, I don't need to do that. But until you've got that capacity to really um, be with yourself, then you are constantly recreating the past. Yeah. and it 's like I imagine you know we 've got this suitcase as a, as a we 're born into this life with the suitcase of the the lineage of what 's happened to our family, and then every time something crappy happens, we get another thing in the suitcase and we carry that all the way through um, and so we 're accumulating all of our experiences in our body, and so therefore I think the first step for for me and all of my clients is let's work out what is stuck in your body and that's when you can form a relationship with yourself because you, you finally start to notice how you feel mm. finally start to notice that you are sad or that you are angry or that you have no clue how you feel and tell you that's a real shock to discover that you you actually are just numb Then you you've got the choice, like who is this numb one and, and what is buried underneath her? Because I know that there's a whole lot of human joy and desire and pleasure and passion and interest in the world, but she's just like hiding under all this numbness, you know. Um so that that is a really common experience. And then Once you start to unravel a whole lot of that, then I felt confident to turn to my marriage and go, okay, so this isn't great. Now I've got my resources in order. I can be with this. We can't do it all at once. It's like a, you know, number one first, not from a selfish perspective, but from a, I can't come into relationship with anybody unless I'm comfortable with me. Does that make sense? yeah, and that,
0: and the word that I know we talk about a lot, um, you know, and I hear you say a lot, and I hear other mentors say is safety, right safety in within that safety within that's the the biggest thing, right? because you might perceive that if you say no to others or if you are finally uh, honest with your partner about how you're feeling what you would like all that kind of thing, unless you find that safety within yourself, you can't even start to have that conversation, right? Yeah. 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 So can you tell a little bit more about the work that you do with your clients uh, in, um, yeah, working through the Good Girl masks and uh, what is the, this work that you do? Tell us a little bit more about it. And, and I know that you're going to tell us a little bit about a free gift that you have to our viewers and listeners at the end as well, right?
1: Yes, for sure. Um, so what I do now was intuitively born through me. There, I found myself over the last sort of 10 to 15 years just being guided internally to to try this, have a conversation with my eight-year-old who felt really ignored. And as I was doing this stuff intuitively, then I started to discover that practitioners were actually doing this with people Oh, so this is a thing. I remember thinking this kinesiologist is doing what I was actually doing with my broken-hearted five-year-old whose mum didn't turn up at the school play because of whatever. Oh, right. So it was like there was this guidance coming through my body. Try this, try that. And I had a very strong founding in meditation. And so sitting and being still with myself was was a um was a comfortable place. And I know that's really hard for some people because they keep doing, doing, doing to distract themselves from having to feel. Mm. But that's the only way stuff's going to change. So I was like, then I started seeing kinesiologists and going to women's circles and it was bit by bit, these pieces opened up um, to support that's available because we're not meant to do this work alone. If we could sit in a room and undo all of our trauma and drop the masks by ourselves then we would have done it already. It is through the connection with another person's nervous system that we find that safe harbor to do it. And so that's where I start with my clients. And I use trauma release exercises as the modality to teach their nervous system how to reset out of a stuckness or a fight or a flight or a dissociated state because our body is always seeking equilibrium. Mm -hmm. Our body, our heart, everything just wants to be in that beautiful balance, to feel stress, to feel emotion, but to have this safe place to come back to our centre. And so if your nervous system can move in and out of those states, then you've got this beautiful reference point to be the stable Um, grounded one in amongst the maelstrom of what's happening internally for you and out in the world. So I start with the TRE and that's my chosen modality. I've been doing um, tremor sessions for nearly 10 years and I could write a book about what it's gifted me. But essentially I teach my clients how to let their body gently shake and you've done quite a few TRE sessions with me. Out of whatever state it's in into calm, basically, because our muscles contract and tighten to hold on to pain. So we simply let the muscles contract and release back out of the pain. It makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and if you look at trauma work, all of the different authors, Bessel van der Kolk, Peter Levine, the body keeps the score. It's all stuck in our body. So this is a body based. Um, way of releasing tension. I don't, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist. I don't do the talking around Well, this happened. And then she said this, it's like, let's just let your body release a bit of tension. I'll keep you safe. I'll help you regulate and integrate um, and really have fun with this, but let's trust your body. And then it's like, once we kind of go from that brittle kind of frozenness or this um, numbness and we kind of let the nervous system pulsate back to life, then we get to start to feel emotions because mm. now the energy is moving through your body. And let's just think of an emotion like anger. Um, it, it's felt in our body. It's a fire. It's a, it's a lump of wood. It's a lump of concrete. It's like our gut is gnarly. It's just like contraction and, and um, energy that hasn't been allowed to move through the body. So once the nervous system f- has made us feel safe, and we're all like, "Ah, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to be okay here," then we can start to let the emotions come to the surface. So I call that emotional clearing, for want of a better word, and it's just what we call holding space for someone through their sensations in their body, tapping into what they can see and feel. And talking it out loud so that we give the body permission to gently release it. And I guide people through that journey. And then when the nervous system is happy, the emotion has been released. It's like this space opens up within you and, and you know, you've had this experience. It's like a lightness comes in because you've just let go of of a bit of the burden, a bit of the trapped stuff in your body. And then the energy mastery is about now, what can we do with this? What can we do with this part of you that we've tapped into that is capable, now that we've done these things, is capable of taking up more space, of allowing your body to expand. And it's like our energy becomes this force field that we have to send outwards. And I guide people through that journey. And your session on, you know, the 24th of March will be very different than your session on the 10th of July because every moment there is different emotions. There is different energetic feelings in our body. There is different life experiences. So whatever you need in that moment, I guide my clients through that. And then when I'm not with them, And something comes up next Tuesday and it's like, okay, so what did Mel tell me to do when I felt that tightness in my left shoulder? Ah, that's right. It's like just gently move your arm and just send your breath into it. And so I want to give them little snippets of things to try. Um, And we communicate with each other regularly. We send messages back and forth. I record audios for them because they need to be able to do this without me sitting opposite them in the Zoom room, right? I need to empower my clients to use the skills I teach them in every day. That's when the real work begins. It's easy to do it when someone's holding beautiful space for you. But when you're confronted with a a needy partner or a boss that, um, you know, is making you do stuff that feels belittling, that's when the (laughs) real working surface hits you, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, know, I remember, I recall many times going back to what I learned from you and dealing with all that contraction and, you know, um, and going, following the process to, to, to do that because a good coach kind of walks themselves out of the out of their job, right? They teach their clients what they need to do <laughs> because this stuff keeps coming. It's never an ending, it's never an ending journey. It's not that you have a, an end point where you're going to stop feeling whatever you're feeling. Every day, every new life situation brings stuff up to the surface that you need to know how to deal with. So, Mel, that was such a a great conversation. Tell us a little bit more about what is the free gift that you have for our um, listeners
1: and viewers. Yes. And I'll make sure that I have the the link as well. Yes. So what I've been talking about is what we call embodiment finding um, safety in being in your body, in the sensations and the emotions and feeling what's what's actually going on within you. Um, and embodiment takes practice. So what I'm going to provide is um, a practice for you to try. And it is, um, I can't remember if it's an audio or a video, but it'll be something like that, where I literally guide you through what, um, the process that I use with my clients, which is about exploring what's going on inside you, feeling it, giving it a voice, looking at it, like developing a conversation with it. And then when you've released a bit of the pressure and the valve has opened a little bit, and it's like, you can breathe again. It's like, next step is how do I, um, how do I fill my whole body with this? How do I fill the room with this energy? Um, so that I feel, um, Like I've gone from this out into this. So that process I will share with your listeners and it is um, something you can do many, many times over. As you said, Marcia, every time something uncomfortable or challenging comes up, if you can do a little bit of embodiment work, then you can start to understand what's really going on and what you can do about it.
0: It's such a valuable uh, uh, practice. I can, can, from my experience, I can say, this is a, an awesome gift. So thank you so much, Melissa. It's been such a pleasure to uh, chat to you about this. and Are we done? To, I don't want to stop. learn from you. I know. <laughs> we, we, we have to wrap up. But it's been amazing. Thank you so much for, for being my guest today. And um, I love you. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, beautiful. A big kiss to you. Thank you, darling. Bye. Bye. The Turnaround Talk Show and Podcast is brought to you by Marcia Tepperman. You can find me on my website www.marciatepperman.com.au or you can connect with me on social media via Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. Thank you for listening and I look forward to being with you again soon.